because recently God has pressed in my spirit all about uh, the, the, the rising mental illnesses, Ill issues that we're having uh, in this nation today. And it's not only in the nation, but it's also in our families and our community and our church. So we raise the question, the enemy inside your mind. A new large study found that in the year after getting COVID, people were significantly more likely to be diagnosed with psychiatric disorders they hadn't had than people who didn't get infected. Social isolation and economic stress and loss of loved ones and other struggles during the pandemic have contributed to rising mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Many known cases, uh, Reverend Fred, have explored their mass shootings, as you mentioned, as people hearing voices that drove them to violence to murders and to suicides. Even our young people are saying, I'm hearing voices. How be it the problem is that we don't know where the enemy is. And this is what is, what is getting many of us down. We really don't know. I don't know and you don't know. I, I, sometimes I think I know, but I don't know where the enemy is. And people of God, we go through a lot of things year after year because we are attacking the wrong enemy. You're looking at someone and you're saying, he messed up my life or she messed up my life. My circumstances messed my life up. Well, I'm here to tell somebody this morning, that's the wrong enemy. It's the enemy in your mind. Can you give me a few seconds, a few minutes? The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Who has flesh and blood? People. We wrestle not against people. People are not your problem. You're going to have to deal with this enemy because I really want us to finish out this year victoriously. And we got to realize where the enemy is. It's not people. It's not flesh and blood. It's about powers and principalities that take over our mind. Instead of letting the enemy stay in our mind and, 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 and take authority over what's, what's in our mind, what do we do? We let the enemy get in our mind and mess us up over and over again. And, and, and you must know, people of God, it's important for us to see that the enemy is inside your mind. There's a major battle going on here. For whatever has your mind has you. Can I say that again? Right. Whatever has your mind, it has you. Right. And this morning we are seeing the gospel of Mark showing us a Jesus doing ministry at an intense pace with powerful results. We see him healing the sick and empowering the lame to walk in to, and raising the dead to life. Wherever he goes, he changes lives. And he's fully aware of the unseen spiritual forces that are surrounding him. And so our scripture today is perhaps Jesus' most profound and powerful encounter delivering a man possessed by a demon. Yeah. The story unfolds as Jesus takes the boat carrying himself and the disciples after surviving the storm on the Sea of Galilee to the other side 
of the Sea of Galilee. And as they approach, they hear screaming sounds yeah. in the darkness, yeah. echoing across the water. So Jesus takes them to a place where Jews were three times forbidden to go. Number one, don't go into a Gentile land. Yeah. And Jews are forbidden to step foot in it. And as they got closer, they see the one who is screaming is naked, which they are forbidden to see. Yeah. And then to make matters worse, he's in a cemetery. And Jews have issues with tombs. And as the boat finally reaches the shoreline and comes to a stop into the stony shore, Jesus is the only one who gets out. He's the only one. He's the only one who gets out. The demon-possessed man immediately engages Jesus. And thus this no-name person may have been demon-possessed for quite some time. And he's not a pretty sight. His arms and his legs are lightly lined with layers of scar tissues from repeatedly contesting the chains that others used to try to confine him to this place of the living dead. Now free of those chains, he tortures himself by gashing his body with stones. He's under the mastery of an evil power. Somebody say an evil power. Yeah, the Bible tells us that one of the chief jobs of the demons is to possess. But what is possession? A demon seeks to take possession of that which rightfully belongs to God. And do you know what that means for you and me? The Bible tells us that we were bought with a price. That we are no longer our own. That we belong to God, right? So the demon's goal is to take possession of us from God. Are you with me? Possession can occur Anywhere, evil has control in our life. It may not be our whole life. It may be just that one small piece that we haven't been able to give over to Christ's lordship. Or just something we're struggling with. Possession can include bad habits we struggle with. The addictions that have claimed us. The negative attitudes and thoughts. The unhealthy thinking that controls us. These are all demons that possess us. They take possession of that which rightly belongs to God and wants us to live in God's will. And there are several insights that we learn from this scripture today about demons and winning the battle for our hearts and our minds. Because the enemy is inside the mind. Number one, demons are always looking for a doorway into our lives. When it's wild enough for demons to enter and take possession of our lives, he comes in, or they come in. And, and when they get hold of you, we just lose our mind. I hope I'm helping somebody here today. But before we know it, those issues we have becomes issues that have us. See, see Satan likes people who don't believe what the Bible says. You settle for the doctor's report? The doctor say it's terminal disease. The devil wants to get it in your mind to bring unbelief. My mama died with this. My granddaddy died with this. Am I helping somebody? And I'm going to have to accept it. I'm going to die with this. Uh, uh, uh. But, it, but rather than saying that, you ought to say he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. And by his stripes, 
I am healed. Do I have a witness this morning? See, see, the enemy is inside your mind, and unbelief is what he's attacking many of you with. You will go into the final months of this year with the same problem and with the same unbelief, and you'll wonder why everybody else is being blessed and you're still going through. You're going to have to take authority this morning over your belief. Devil, get out of here. I believe God's word. I may not have what I want to have right now, but it's on the way because my God and my trust is in him, the Lord I need, and he will help my unbelief. Can I help somebody this evening? Take the authority over the demonic spirits. See, the devil likes unbelief, and he likes our thought life to be in agreement with fear. That's all he wants you to do is fear. Be scared. You walk around in fear, but you do understand that God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But he's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind. But if the devil can make you scared, put fear throughout your mind, he's got you. And, and, and people, fear can mess you up. Fear can mess you up. Fear didn't come from God. God has made it clear in his word to you. He's telling you, I did not give you that spirit of fear. So cast it out of your mind. Get it out of your mind. And then next you got to take authority over sins that becomes a habit. The devil will make you do stuff over and over and over again. And the devil likes that because when you do it over and over again, he just rests in you. See, I know the devil don't like this. I know he don't like it this morning, but I'm there. When we go out to service on Sunday, and they won't, they, they won't know, you know, this is what, what, what the devil's telling you. Although your hands are lifted up and your mind is bogged down with fear, they don't know. But if Satan can get inside of your mind, that's all he wants to do. Some folk believe you can't get ahead because of your race, because of the color of your skin, because in your mind you have this concept that if I'm black, i got to step back. And as long as you keep that concept in your mind, the devil will never allow you to get to the next level in your life. And some of us and some of you, the family tree is holding you back. I don't care if your mama didn't make it. I don't care if your granddaddy wasn't successful. You got to tell the devil the buck stops here. Can I get some help in here? Don't mess with my mind. Don't remind me about the bad folk in my family. I'm not worried about the bad folk in my family. Look at me, devil. Look at me right in my face, all up in my face. Come on, somebody. Don't you mess with me. You got to cast the devil out of your mind. And the Bible says casting down imaginations. Now, the devil will make you imagine stuff. He'll have your mind all messed up. And that's all he wants to do is to mess with your mind. Start you imagining stuff. And once he gets you imagining stuff, and you see that out here or even on TV right now. Once he gets you imagining stuff, then he's got you where he wants you. But I stopped by to tell somebody this morning that we're getting ready to put every bad thought in prison this morning. We come to give bad thoughts a life sentence. Don't you mess with me no more. Kill those bad thoughts. And then number two, there's power in demon possession. Don't underestimate the power of possession. The Bible describes this possessed man with superhuman strength. Yeah. The strength of 10 men because they tried to chain him up and he kept breaking the chains. Mm -hmm. 
he had this incredible power that came with possession. Now, any of us who've ever struggled with addiction know the power of possession, how it will overwhelm you, how it will grab into your hearts and minds and won't let you go no matter how you try to shake it off. You can't shake it off on your own. That's why we not only need God, but we need the body of Christ to help us shake the bonds off. We need help to fight this battle. And I told you the devil attacks the mind to see who will control your reality. You're going to have to decide as you face the remainder of this year who will be more real to you. I don't care what kind of mind you came here with this morning. I want to tell you and let you know that God is able to renew your mind. He will transform your mind. You may have come in here this morning with negative thinking, but before you leave this morning, you're going to be transformed because what you're getting ready to do is to identify the enemy. And I thought it was you, and I thought it was you, but I found out it's in my head. Come on, somebody. It's in my head. And brothers and sisters, if I can control what is in here and give it to Jesus, as it relates to what's in here, you can't bother me out there. The only way you can bother me out there is if I let you in here. Can I take my time? I'm just teaching. And so I decided this morning, you ain't getting in here. Do I have any help in here? Because Satan, I know where you want to go. You want to control my reality. You want me to believe this pain that I'm experiencing is more powerful than the joy of the healing of God that he can bring to me. You want me to think that my trouble is ultimate when he's already told me that whatever I need, he will supply my every need. So I'm not going to let you attack my mind. In other words, don't mess with my mind. Number three, demons cut us off from community. That's his job. This is how he maintained his power of our life. When he isolates us. We are always much weaker and easier to control when we stand alone. That's why the Bible tells you, forsake not thyself of assembly with the saints. See, the demon-possessed man didn't live in town. It was in a graveyard outside of town. It was in that unclean place. See, this brother had long since been kicked out of town, and he became isolated. Persons who are wrestling with their own demons can say it over and over again, I just feel so alone. This is the demon strategy, to get us alone. I I heard somewhere that we we are much easier to pick off when we are by ourselves. they, They said that when lions hunt, they do so in a crowd, in a group. They will search for a herd of water buffalo, and pick out the weak and vulnerable ones. And the lions would then try to separate them from the rest of the pack. And when they do, they attack. Have you been there? Cut off from your community. Brothers and sisters, that's why community is so critical. This is our herd right here. This is our support system right here. This is our protection and walk with Christ right here. We cannot do it by ourselves. We are vulnerable. Demons cut us off from one another. And in the end, we remain individuals, and we are fall victims. So let's assemble ourselves together. Let's be there for one another. Let's love on one another. Let's help one another. Let's pray for one another. And then fourth, the demons recognize Jesus. And they know they are out of their lead with Jesus. So they try to cut a deal, Pastor Wood. 
and plead with Jesus not to command them to go away out of their apostles. So rather send them into some pigs on the hillside. So Jesus consents to their request. He said, okay, you got my permission. And as a result, 2,000 pigs of swines run down the only slope into the sea and drown. Now everybody in here knows in Jesus' time that pigs are good swimmers. You can't kill them in the water. What's going on here? Well, first, that leads us to our fifth point and final point. The evil one has a backup plan. That's right. He's not giving up yet. If his frontal assault with the storm on the Sea of Galilee wasn't successful in keeping Jesus out of the territory, he goes to the backup plan. If he can wreck a major piece of the local economy by destroying a herd of 2,000 pigs, and make it look as if Jesus is the cause of it, then the folk will force him out and run him out of town. You you got his plan? And that is exactly what happens. Rather than being overjoyed that a brother has been set free, the town folk are angry with Jesus over the loss of their fat back meat. So in part of the continued legacy of the fall, that peace can be more valuable than a human being who is set free. The folk in the town cared more about bacon and pork chops than they did about a human being. Come on, somebody. Being healed and delivered. And here's the good news, though. In the midst of the nightmare for the demonic, Jesus has the power. He has the power to overcome any demon and possession. This demon was chained in a cemetery, wailing and screaming day and night. Nothing could hold him back, even his chains. And he was cutting himself of stones. But here comes Jesus. Come on, somebody. Here comes Jesus. And he speaks the word, shut up. Come on, somebody. Come out of him. And the demons come out. So as he arrived, the people in the town came and found Jesus. What did they find? They found a man sitting there in his right mind. In his right mind. So the point in the story is that the Gospel of Luke tells us that this man was in his right mind. He has not only been rescued, but he's been restored to health and holiness. Won't he do at church? See, that's the way it always is with Jesus. You don't just get rescued. That's where the work of Jesus starts. You also get restored to wholeness in every part of your being. And saints, we are restored with a purpose. God never just rescues you or delivers you from something. He always rescues, delivers, and restores you to something. When Jesus is about to leave and sail back to Capernaum, this rescued and restored demon-possessed man wants to get in the boat with him. But he's forbidden by Jesus. He said, no, 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 you go back. You go back and tell your family. Go home to your own people. Tell them how much what the Lord has done for you and how he's been merciful to you. What did this really, this newly rescued man do? Exactly what Jesus told him to do. He told his story to anyone who would listen. And so as I get ready to close, this man had a new purpose in life, Pastor Wood. He had a new direction to go on. He's been given his humanity back. He's been given his dignity back, his life back. And now he's possessed by Jesus. Saints, I don't know about you, but that is what I want to be. I want to be possessed by Jesus. So I'm going to tell the story. We need to tell the story morning, noon, and night. Tell the story about a good God. Come on, somebody. It's not about 
your philosophies, it's not about your theology, it's not about your politics, but you can't argue with a changed life. God will change. He will change your life. I know he will. Jesus said, take heart. I've overcome the world. Oh, take heart. And so my brothers and sisters, as I take my seat, if the Lord has ever done anything for you, you ought to tell it. If he's made a way out of no way, you ought to tell it. If he's made, if he did your burning barrier, a heavy load carrier, a heart fixer, and a mind regulator, you ought to tell it. If he's been a doctor in the sick room, a lawyer in the courtroom, a company in a lonely room, you ought to tell it. If he put joy in your heart, a praise on your lips, a song in your mouth, you ought to tell it. Somebody say you ought to tell it. If you put clapping in your hands, shouting in your feet, got a smile on your face, you ought to tell it. I'm talking about Jesus, the one who has more books written by him than any library can contain. I'm talking about Jesus that Harold couldn't kill, sin couldn't seduce him, death couldn't keep him, and the grave couldn't hold him. You ought to tell somebody he was reared in Nazareth, baptized in the church, tempted in the wilderness, betrayed by one of his own. Led from judgment hall to judgment hall. Led from mountain called Calvary. Led to an old rugged cross. Died on that cross for my sins and for your sins. You want to tell it that early, 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 one Sunday morning, he got up, he got up, he got up with all power in his hands. You want to tell it. Tell the devil don't mess with my mind because God has given me authority and power over my mind. The enemy. The enemy. In your mind. You will stand to your feet. Don't mess with my mind. Minister Felicia, I'm putting the devil on notice. Don't mess with my mind. Don't mess with my mind. The enemy who tries to get here, don't mess with my mind. You're right, you gotta fight for it. But you gotta fight with Jesus and the blood. I wanna pray for those who are going through issues this morning. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.NewProvidenceBaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.